A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Yo, yo, yo. You are listening to episode 19 of the Black Berea podcast. My name is Mary and I'm in the room with... Israel. And we have a special guest. I'm back. (laughs) Who featured on episode 7, which was about knife crime, which is... Edgim, how are you, Edgim? Hello, all. I'm here. It's been a while since we've had you. But, like, yeah. what's up? Because last time I was here, no refreshments. I'm here again, no <laughs> refreshments. So finished. To be honest, Black, it's true, happened? you know, we fumbled. Isn't there a saying that if you if you visit twice, you're no longer a guest? That's true, actually. <laughs> no, but we didn't give him refreshments first time either. Oh, stress. Um, that failed. I don't know what you're talking about. Afterwards, afterwards, we'll make sure you get some biscuits. Yeah, please. With my remun- some my, tea. remuneration. Mary, you're making that promise. That's coming from your pocket. <laughs> me, you know, you know, but despite my views, isn't cheap. You know? How have you been, Edjimda? I've been well. Obviously, good Christmas break. Spent Christmas mm. in Nigeria. Anything happening? Oh, anything happened in Nigeria? Oh, I come to, come to, come to think of it. You know what? I was engaging. Hey! hey! Yep, Edjim got engaged. I'm going engaged Nigeria. in Nigeria, motherland. Mm. I took it home. Mm. While I'm here, put this on, babe. Let's try this on for size. <laughs> You're <yeah>. so dumb. <laughs> try this on for try size. It, hold this, hold this for me. <laughs> okay, how have you been, Israel? You been good? I've been okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, living, alive, not dead or in jail. Teaching so still is that still stressing you out? Yeah. You try not to think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have a more positive approach to that. You really, I, I, you really should. Yeah, You're yeah, meant yeah, to be like yeah. the, you know, the, uh, a Yeah, 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 yeah. No, nah, I mean, it, it has, it has, it has for good inspiration for students. We sound mm-hmm. quite impressive as well. You really have a vision. Well, I'm just <laughs> a teacher, you know, someone yeah, who can, yeah, yeah. you know. Teachers change the world. those students, bros. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't do that, but I'm not going to take a survey to no. find out. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I know you're a, a shining light and a role model to all the students you teach. Mm. 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 I'm just going to ponder deeply <laughs> about that. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot to speak about today. Yeah. Um, We're first going to kick off with some comments that President Trump made in in reference to El Salvador and some African countries, some strong derogatory language. Um, And it was, even though some people tried to deny it, I think Trump said himself that he used harsh language, but he didn't use that. But Mm. a lot of people have have confirmed. So people who were in the room have not denied it. White House didn't deny that he didn't use that language. Mm. And someone said he he was in the room and he said he didn't just use it once, he used it twice. So... Um, yeah, so what did you guys think of these comments that he made in relations to immigration and, and so forth? Uh, I I mean, when I first heard about it, <clears throat> I just thought, well, this sounds very in keeping with what we've been hearing about <laughs> um, President Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a bit sad because it, the shock factor wasn't there anymore. I, I think one of my <laughs> thoughts was, if, if, if there was a news article saying President Obama said, I think I'd have been like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But part of me was like, well, this is just one of like, 3,000 things that have happened since what was it January last year? Was he inauguration? Was that yeah, January yeah, last, last year? It's so such a shame, something like, and I was just like, okay, that's that's part of it. But obviously, after after some more reflection, I just thought it's reflective of a of a I think a wider um view of emerging countries. Um, I won't use the other terms for these countries because I think they are also 
undertone like third world and stuff yeah yeah Mm. i I would say i would say emerging because we didn't call the uk third world when it was going through its industrial revolution we just Mm. called it the uk going through the industrial revolution so i don't think we need to to we need to do that anyway that's 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 a whole other topic let me not let me not go to the to that side my point was it's it's reflective of this perception yeah. That exists not just with the president, I, I guess, <clears throat> but with a huge proportion of the Western world when it relates to Latin America, Africa, and other parts of the world. Yeah, because he even mentions um, why would we have from those countries when mm. we can have from Norway, and the, there's mm. the direct contrast between an Africa, yeah, in yeah. a country like El Salvador, and mm. a European mm. prosperous country like Norway. And the, ir- the, the irony is that there are there are so many economies that are bigger than Norway in in Latin yeah. America and Africa. Mm. Um, anyway, that's yes. true. Um, Edwin, before you speak, well, we know Trump's views on South America anyway. Um, mm, that wall, there, yeah, some, yeah, some type of wall yeah, with Mexico and the rest. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, do you think he was? Do you think you can listen? You can hear those things and think he's a racist. Do you think what he referred to? Can you now say that President Trump's a racist? Well, the connection is there, and maybe we just add today. Well, the today of the, the day of this recording it's actually a year since trump was in power oh, oh wow super wow okay yeah, well, I, well, no, no birthday cake no <laughs> for, for trump that, he said that? birthday cake <laughs> no that's, that's what we meant here wow. wow what were your thoughts on the comments you made? <laughs> well trying to obviously not that emotion is emotion sometimes cloud your judgment um mm. but not to remove it totally to look at it as it is as a statement it's a, it's 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 an immoral statement it's a lie it's just mm-hmm. not true mm. They're not, you know, the word he described them as. They're not. They're not those yeah. type of. They're not. Yeah. They're not to that description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The word he used suggests that they're wastelands, derelict, useless, purposeless. Mm. Well, actually, no, Trump. America still import almost twenty billion worth of uh, uh, goods from Africa, and that's what to mention the indirect importation they mm. do through China through yeah. the mobile phones that yeah. they import through China, yeah. which have African uh, minerals. The what, cobalt what from the D- like, um, DRC. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the comment. I mean, it's like as Izzo was saying, you're scrolling your phone, your timeline. Trump said this, oh right, and you skip it, keep going. Yeah, it's so it was yeah. so immune to, which is sad because mm. Trump, Trump is, Trump assumes, if not the highest, one of the highest um, seats of public office in the world. Yeah, he's meant to be the model to the world of statesmanship and diplomacy. You're calling a country by a very derogatory term mm. shows just what indeed America have elected and what we unfortunately mm. um, under in terms of the power. And it also shows people's mindsets because a lot of people who were commenting were saying, but did he lie to her? Um, you know, why, if, if it wasn't, then why are they all fleeing to come to America? Yeah. You know, why are they mm. all leaving? And it just shows that ignorance of, first of all, immigration, it's not just because, it's it's the it's the, the context of where they're living that forces some of them people to leave. And also right. that they leave for many reasons as well. Yeah. So, so if you're having that view as, oh yeah, they are, then that feeds into your whole view of Africa and El Salvador mm, as mm. as these as this that and it's it's yeah, terrible to have that yeah, mindset of yeah. of of a, a billion people. Yeah, it's, it's so crass. You're just defranch- de- um, disenfranchising the whole continent. Mm. Yeah, you like you like so and so. It's and yeah, and any 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 view of uh, a country that has this very one sided approach is just for me. It, it speaks of so much ignorance because like you you mentioned people who were saying was he lying um or is he not telling the truth and i think to myself well there are so many issues in every individual country that results in things like immigration and then secondly it, it clearly shows the lack of of historical understanding <coughs> for 
um, countries in, in Latin America or, or Africa, and you think about where was uh, America when it was 50 years old, yeah. and there's so many countries in Africa are still under 50, mm. and you think you can't, you cannot come to, you cannot approach a country and millions, billions of people with this one-sided view and then think that it's going to be justified or should be taken as gospel truth. Mm. And speak about history, when America was in that very, um, is the word infantile stage? Yeah. Or, mm. you know, of their development and, you know, their um, urbanization, even the creation of the cities, who who came over mm. to be the hard right. laborers right. to construct right. Wall Street yeah. or large parts of Washington and, of course, the whole of the south, southern part of America? Who were those people? Yeah. And where did they mm. come from? Yeah. The so-called... Exactly. The growth of America when it was 50 was what? Using slavery. The yeah. growth of Africa at the age of... Oh, the growth of African countries at such an early stage. We are having to do it without what you have used to grow your your empire so quickly. And yet you are, you're essentially looking down upon a people who have come out of so much deficit and are growing so much in spite of it, mm. not because of it. Do you think this further fuels a long-standing misconception in the West about certain countries in Africa or mm. in Latin America? It, I guess I guess it doesn't it doesn't doesn't um, correct it or do any mm. do anything yeah, to yeah. to yeah. better it. I guess so, but I mean, in a sense, even before Trump, even the more recent um, uh, issue of um, mass uh, uh, movement of migrants from Africa, mm. Northern Africa in particular, to Europe, we sort of saw the the views few politicians unfortunately as well as you know a large section of society uh, we saw their views of africans you know are you those people coming over taking our jobs this and that which has always been you know sort of the running theme in in a large part of, of britain especially and europe we've seen the rise of the right far right which is an, a direct relation to you know um a refusal to um, accommodate for migrants in their countries mm. whether it be france what we've seen in Cali, large parts of Germany. Um, so we've seen even the growth in political spheres, but just in society of the, yeah. the, the not just distrust, but the almost disgust of, you know, uh, those from African mm. countries coming over. And because it's coming over such large numbers, it's really, it's really, you know, set a, a catalyst in the Western world in terms mm. of the political mm. parties as to the move, the, the rise of the, of the, of the, of the far right. And so, yeah. On. So, yeah. Um, I was thinking, there's two things I want to address. Okay, first of all, to actually address the question though, um, I think it doesn't fuel it. Only it only fuels it in a very limited scope. I think there are there are a few number of people groups who still very much are driven by Trump in terms of in America, and I think they're they're a minority at this point. So I think they would have heard his comments and said, "Aha, further proof," and and sort of taken it as a would have taken it as a launch pad to grow their their false perception um but on 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 the part that edgin was just talking about it reminded me of the whole idea of populism and uh, mm. the other sort of like uh what's the what's the word lash back that's so bad backlash wow <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I know you man make up words. My, ch wow. <laughs> my chest actually <laughs> fell back. I know you man make up words. My cat said lash back. <laughs> the backlash. <laughs> <laughs> I could never forgive myself. I'm going to be 50 and I'm going to remember this. Like, what did you do? Lashback. <laughs> Hashtag lashback. <laughs> Hashtag lashback. Everyone. Use it, use it. 
<laughs> the backlash against globalization. Yeah. I think so. You had yeah. So you know, uh, the West throughout the the thousands, two thousand to like two thousand ten, was very much pro globalization. All this immigration stuff was um, very much accepted across the board. And now you're seeing this backlash where people are saying, Lashback, "No, actually, flashback, <laughs> right?" <laughs> where where pockets or growing number of people are saying no actually we're going to push against that right. we don't want these people coming in we want to look after ourselves mm-hmm. you have all this country first america first britain first make america and 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 it's and i think his comments specifically on this um this moment it's it's growing that movement because it's saying see pr- further proof for our resistance why would we not want to put our great nation first because as opposed gives, to these, Trump gives yeah. Trump gives legitimacy to yeah. their views. Yeah. This is someone in yeah. office, the president yeah. saying yeah. this. You know? Obviously it takes someone of a particular moral nature to be like, actually mm. Trump, you're in power but you're still talking rubbish. But those who voted for him, which are the masses, yeah. they would ignore any sort of conscience within them that suggests that what he's saying is wrong, but say he's a president Mm. And what he's saying is right because in some way it benefits their worldview. Yeah. In some yeah. way it benefits their way of life yeah. to have this view that these people are subservient to us. Mm. Yeah. And president mm. saying it so th- thank God it's not just me. Yeah. He, he thinks it too. And we have nothing to gain from them. You know, they're just mm. illegal immigrants coming over trying mm. to, you know, commit crime. Like, you know, what do we, there's nowhere to trace them. Who are they? You know, and, and it's that kind of, we're going to protect our tribe and we're going to protect mm. us from any kind of, impeding or um, yeah. imposing type of yeah. outsiders um so and I, yeah i just think that there's no because even when you think of immigration generally you have asylum seekers you have refugees you yeah. have illegal yeah. immigrants but even within illegal immigration there's a sense of mercy and compassion because you, you have mm. no idea why they're even leaving you don't know if they've mm. been forced out of their homes or so forth yeah. and when you just yeah. band them all together as just immigrants you know nothing to gain from them you just wonder like of course, that's going to feed into that whole idea of of um, certain countries being referred in, in such a derogatory way. Mm. Of oh, they're just nothing. We have nothing to gain from them. But mm. Norway, yeah, we can gain from Norway. Um, it, it reminded me of a, what you just said. Now reminded me of a. I think I got this from my GCSE geography class. Uh, the one of the issues with our current development across the world globally is because a lot of what we are doing in terms of technological development is breaking down societies and actually isolating. We don't actually see the contribution of individual groups anymore. So before in, you know, pre-industrial era Europe, you saw, or and during industrial era Europe, you saw the factories that made your cornflakes. You saw the people creating the things. And so you knew, you know, what I'm using now in my home came from that group. But now even the, like we mentioned, the cobalt that's used to make our phones, you never see the process. All you see Mm. is a phone when you walk through Westfield and all the things you get. So we were saying America's benefited so much and the UK has benefited so much from Africa, from Latin America, from all these countries. But the visibility has just dropped. We don't see it. You could go through life assuming that everything you have is because of the quote greatness of your own country without any knowledge of the fact that it all depends on all these other constituent mm. groups that are putting their best and their brightest to give you what you take for granted and america still directly um benefits from africans um in 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 through their through the descendants from africa mm. african americans live in africa today uh, yeah. america today rather yeah 
they contribute a lot to the American society. Mm. Superficially, you can look at just NBA. Yeah. All them men are black. <laughs> all them men are African. <laughs> NFL, all them men are black. Yeah. All African. Yeah. Get yeah. me? Yeah. So in, yeah. a, in a sense, it's like, even at your, even under your nose, Trump, do you see mm. the groups that you could be harming and any relationships mm. that you're continuing to sever and, and, and destroy? This doesn't do well for your presidency. Mm. And in the long term, it's not going to do well in terms of your, that you deliver your policies because there'll always be backlash because people just don't want to hear you anymore. Yeah. And they have, they're really almost, I don't want to talk about civil unrest, but almost have almost a right not to obey. Mm. Obviously, yeah. I'm not preaching mm. civil unrest or civil resistance. <laughs> right? I'm trying to preach. I don't preach that gospel that we should resist authorities. No way. But you almost get a sense of, and you almost agree with those who are against Trump that they have legitimacy to, you know, to yeah. almost yeah. not on him as a president. Although, although we're called to, we mm. see the, the, the tension mm. that the blacks in America have when your president making statements like this. Yeah, that is true. I think. Um, I think there's a, a thought around like international development and, and the idea that America, because they've benefited so much from mm. countries like El Salvador, they've benefited so much from countries like, well, the countries he referred to, Haiti and so mm. forth. Yeah. Um, and it isn't their responsibility for, for a country like America to, to give back. Um, and, that, and that made us think about uh, the broader issue of international development. Mm. So Christianity, does Christianity have like an economic um, incentive to improve um the contents the context of a country uh wow that that mm. that you know as i was about to respond i was like whoa that could be a phd you know <laughs> you know a christian incentive to develop other countries i definitely think that um starting from christian virtue and just christian principles on an individual level uh i think the christian should view um the the global community and i'm going to start with that and then, and then work, work my way down should view the global community as as a community that they they want to positively contribute to which is going to therefore include other nations now how that works out individually i think uh is going to depend on so many other factors but the base principle that it should exist i think is is, is true um there's just the idea in general that's in, that's rooted in creation that we take the ground that the god that god has given us and we toil it and we grow new things out of it. i mean was it was it yeah it was the last episode we were talking about entrepreneurship and and the idea of humanity mimicking god in creativeness in adding value to society and adding value to his good creation that is going to there is no way in my mind i think that that won't leak into international development um if i i wouldn't say though um, I'm still working this out, but for now, <laughs> I wouldn't say that the church as a institution has that same obligation. Mm-hmm. I do think the Christian community as an organism, in terms of just Christians coming together, this invisible church, I think definitely we should view the inter- international development as part of our obligation to add value to the good creation of God. Yeah, because I'm just thinking of it in a in a very kind of day to day sense of mm. Christian. Let's just say, Matt, Jim is a Christian. Jim enters a, a new country um, by him working, by him, you know, using the gifts that he, he's he's been giving and and contributing to that society. There is an economic benefit, and I think even when Christians go to another country, and this could be mes- this could be missions, for example, mm. when when um, a church goes to another country to evangelize yeah. and so yeah. forth. Of course, they're f- they're primarily concerned with with preaching the gospel, <coughs> with with um, making disciples, but that will impact maybe 
how they give if if mm. they're evangelizing to a certain neighborhood and they know these people are poor this may impact them in wanting to bring food in wanting to provide shelter mm. so you're, you're doing both so i don't understand yeah. how a christian especially organizations will, will be will not be involved in the social kind of economic right. development right. alongside with them wanting to give and offer the gospel no 100 percent. and i think maybe when we think social development it seems like an abstract mm. sort of big topic mm. but looking mm. at it on a micro scale you know our works aren't limited thankfully our works as believers the good works we have to do are not limited just to our immediate surroundings yeah right yeah. and so wherever we find ourselves we're called to do good works mm. right so you know whether it be missions uh whether it be uh, any form of good works uh, to, yeah. to any sort of human being around us wherever they're from in whatever right. country we're in um so that could look like for example that gym or some of mm. like mm. Know, so also in the diaspora going back home to mm. africa for example and then mm. know, contributing to a school being developed and, yeah and that's even a bigger scale sort of quote quote international development um because you're almost bringing your the skills that you've you've acquired from you've acquired internationally from a different land into another land uh, who are benefiting from that resource you're now providing them uh, you know um, uh, whether mm. it be knowledge or services uh, and of course you give tax where in the land you live in and that's a form of economic development because we're called to give unto Caesar what is Caesar wherever we are mm. so wherever you're here in Nigeria America it, Christians are always giving towards economic development because it, literally with our money we give yeah. to the state because yeah. we've been called yeah. to do that um, and not just exclusive to money services you know we're, mm. we're called to look after the poor mm. um, look after the hungry the weak the weary um, homeless widows um, so that could be in, in setting up orphanages or whatever or just mm. you know just contributing to a clinic that's a local one so in 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 whatever micro macro scale we're always um, contributing to the development of a, of a nation whether it be one yeah. we're in now or one abroad yeah and I, and I and i think to to add to that we we need to to also view that um christian impulse to add to the development of other countries and even our own local community as just as glorifying to god as missions mm. not that it, it it's uh equivalent to missions so i, I think are you saying yeah. so, so, so are you saying so, so i'm saying that the person who gives their life to building hospitals in Africa shouldn't Same think, as missions is right. It shouldn't shouldn't view their work. <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> saying. Let him finish. He's flying. The guy's, <laughs> let him land. They should, shouldn't view their work as uh less glorifying to God than um the person who the missionary who goes into Africa to preach the gospel. So it's it's not not to and the 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 caveat is, is that I'm not saying that they are the same thing mm. or that they should view, should should be viewed as replaceable or you can do one or the other and you know they're both equal i'm not saying that but i am saying that uh because you're it's coming from a theology of creation god isn't looking at it saying less brownie points to you um because Mm -hmm. you haven't you know taken up the impulse to preach and to do the rest of that so you're saying that some go and some send yeah so both are not but they're both are you saying both of them are equal no 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 so 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 I mean, okay, the Christian Church knows that the advance of the kingdom of God comes through the preaching of the gospel, mm-hmm. and the conversion of souls is what the angels celebrate when you read yeah. in on, in Luke fifteen and so on. So we we know that the center and the core of the of the kingdom is the gospel, but there are so much uh, there are structures around that that allow the gospel to flourish, and and we as a body, I think this is First Corinthians, we have different roles to play in that grand goal um for the church mm. so 
the gospel flourishes where it is preached but we also need we need we also know we need infrastructures in communities to allow people to hear the gospel properly so for example somebody saying i'm going to go into this place into whatever community they are thinking of and i'm going to (coughs) develop the technological um infrastructure which therefore allows as an implication for a gospel minister to preach via radio or through a podcast they are playing a part they're acting like the feet or the hand or the eyes of this church Mm. that is that is centered around the ultimate goal of gospel conversion everyone has a part to play yeah Mm. so i'm saying that so that person who's just doing tech shouldn't think oh you know why am i even here Mm. you know i'm i'm just like a a purpose yeah so so what's that theologian name baxter what's his first name richard baxter Baxter. the puritan yeah he built a school near near the midlands i believe called old swinford yeah old swinford Swinford hospital school Mm. he was one if not the the sole sort of um uh um benefactor for that who set it up and we know him as a puritan and who wrote literature Mm. and you know um great theological pieces um but he built a school yeah, yeah. So in uh, and got the coins. Uh, and and in the same way, <laughs> man, the peace card. But you see, <laughs> obviously, you could see that you know, not you know, him being an example of how a Christian could you know, alongside even if they are called to ministry, but also just fulfilling in the society, whether yeah. that be a school, um, you know, um, allowing individuals to use their skills, their God-given skills, because mm. this is the overarching thing is we are, you know, you're you're providing. Um, a means for um, your fellow man to enjoy the gifts that God's given them. Yeah. In in, in the yeah. common gifts like the skills that they've been given and enjoyment of reading and and learning and science. Um, those things are still gifts from God. Mm. But the ultimate gift, of course, is salvation. Mm. I'm not saying no things are not also. Yeah. Gifts. This is th- yeah yeah. So it's it's acknowledging that the ultimate gift is salvation, but while not stripping away the good gift of all these other things that that we have by God's grace. Mm. So we've been th- speaking about Trump, we're speaking about immigration. Is there a Christian position on immigration policy? Of course, open borders. Open those borders. Sorry, can open you expand, please? <laughs> and I'm going to be the contrarian the here. No, I'm, because I'm, 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 for those who are just going to let snippets, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is in context. I was joking. Um, that is, uh, I was joking. Close the borders. Open the borders. Open it. Get off uh, the fence. Is there is, there is there is there a Christian position on immigration? Uh, I would say no. In terms of a flat-out Christian policy mm. that okay. Christians are morally obligated to affirm. So if you know Theresa May said, you know, after consulting five hundred theologians across the, the world, <laughs> we have done our oh, biblical wish, study, wish, and this though. is this is the Christian position on immigration policy therefore you have a moral obligation by god to affirm it and to vote for it that sort of thing i'm saying does not exist um i think you can look at the bible and develop principles that inform your understanding of of, so what's your principles (laughs) of immigration if you were boris johnson you were the wow what are you doing what am i doing show them oh no i know it's the home office that i think control borders you were Amber Rudd. What are you doing? <laughs> Why? <laughs> are you opening or closing? Um. Wow. What am I doing? Okay. I. I would. I would start by saying. <sighs> I'm trying to get my head around this. First of all, the Christian minister, mm. and I and I would want to apply it to ministers in general. So even if you're not a Christian minister, I would say because 
the Bible has an authority across the board for Christian and non-Christian right. alike because it's the standard that is used um, and the the and therefore I would say to the minister the home office minister mm. the foreign affairs minister whoever I would say that the first thing is you have an obligation to your people so you do have a, a, a duty to protect and the to primary serve. obligation Israel? you have a <laughs> obligation just, i haven't finished okay see what i'm doing there. Mm -hmm. all right so you do have a obligation to, pro to provide to protect to serve your people mm. and that is going to look like for example judging who is a threat to your people and who is not so things like security analysis i would want to affirm and say that is actually coming from a principle of protection Mm -hmm. right you don't just let anyone into your house not that you shouldn't open your house at all mm -hmm. but that you you do want to protect your family you want to protect the people that god has given you but also there is that pr christian principle of hospitality mm -hmm. so and I, th and I and i'm going to stick with those two because i think the tension is in between them right where there is we, we understand the christian principle of protection of provision of safety of looking after what you've been given but there's also that Christian principle of hospitality, of being welcome into the stranger, of being open. I think it's Deuteronomy 15 who says, open your hands to the beggar, to the person who is who who is needy. Um, and so in the Old Testament, you see both being affirmed. Have your city gates yeah. and your walls, but welcome the sojourner welcome this, and yeah. welcome the stranger mm. both to are point, taught <laughs> sojourner that was gonna be my landing MLK and, and and i think this is where i'm going to stop because i'm just going to be wise and, <laughs> and realize my restrictions how that plays out in particular policies i think is going to be that's what we want to know <laughs> such a politician so, here's the cliffhanger for you Israel. if you are interested in politics and you are interested yeah, right, in policy um, positions and making all of that stuff you want to join a think tank grace to you you know take those principles and work them out and then tell us tell us message blackberry at blackberry at gmail.com what you think <laughs> it looks like in terms of practical policy no because you've you've given us very high level but when the rubber meets the road like right, what yeah. is that so for example i'm sure uk get many applications mm, from people from mm, all across the world mm. asylum seekers refugees immigrants like ec economic migrants and so forth yeah how are you filtering all of those things? Edjim has some interesting points. Yeah, Edjim. Boy, it's such a massive question. Mm. And I think, I, you know what, I think I want to go a bit further than Israel mm. and say that I think a, mini you know, a minister or government official, they have, their first duty is to their people. I think that's their primary duty. So um, it is Britain first. Well, it's not. Those people, I don't know who they are. Um, I don't. I don't associate with my views. I do in no way align with Britain first. But I, in, in, in many respects, you know, God has placed them in charge of those people, mm -hmm. right? They're ministers of, of that land, that jurisdiction, um, that area. So very, it's just only a soft, soft sort of, I would say it's a soft, just a sort of a reminder that that's the primary okay. they have. Um, so your points reflect that because, you know, they, you, they, the minister will have to consider when looking at immigration policy and border control, who are we letting in? You know, safeguarding, right-getting, yeah. and due diligence. Yeah. However, I think there should be also a outreach, a stretched out hand mm. from the state to mm. want to um, provide whether it's shelter, um, um, asylum to right. those who are persecuted in in, in lands yeah. afar. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially when you're a wealthy nation. I think you. Ha I think that's not just a not just something you should do. So I think it's a duty. Mm. Yeah. With much mm. is given, mm. no much is expected, you know. Mm. You have the resources, bring in those who don't, 
in lands that are you know less developed and try and uh, provide lives that are of quality um you mentioned old testament um i think we first get a sense of the immigrants in the yeah. old testament when you know the lord's um reminds the children of Israel to you know not, not to forsake the sojourner yeah. and to treat them yeah. and remember that you yourselves Israel were once sojourners we were once strangers so yeah. be compassionate and the same mm. way I think you know as a you know, which is a minister we're, we're, we're praying is you know has that mind you know that mm. has a mind uh, if not a believer at least one that is compassionate enough to remember that you know life chances are not always down to what you can make and what you can do sometimes mm-hmm. it's based on where you're born yeah mm-hmm. and these people when you're born in yeah. somewhere like syria yeah do you know what i mean yeah so why not let's take as much as we can mm. without of course disturbing the our economic balance if we can't pay for their care it's a stupid that's a, that's a stupid conversation right. to make if you can't fund their care but if we can fund their care house them take as money as you can you know it shouldn't mm. be so aggressive we're going to close borders it should be how many can we take mm. i think nasta sort of a Christian outlook to have and a Christian policy to have. The Bible doesn't have a manifesto saying this is what you should do, statesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even when you think about how the Bible does speak about foreigners as vulnerable, it kind of bands mm. them, it bands them together with the widow, it bands yep. them together with the fatherless. So especially in countries where there are in maybe in war torn countries where there's a lot of kind of um maybe civil war, civil unrest, we should be considering them because mm. they are vulnerable. Um and mm. I think sometimes when we when we think about immigrants especially in contrast to how we think about expats which practically the same thing mm. um there's that sense of there's that sense of disdain it's like yeah. oh they're coming oh gosh they're yeah. gonna come and make us filthy or whatever and i think yeah. that's 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 a view that christians can't have and also if you know the long term of course you're, you're taking these people in and you, and you can't take everyone of course you of course can't not. but then that maybe there's your responsibility to, pr- to improve their countries yeah. to yeah. do as much as you can to build them up so that the, the foreigner doesn't feel like doesn't feel like a foreigner in her country mm. she can they can stay there mm. um but all of those things should be considered Therefore. together yeah i um you said something Adrian, that made me just think of like a little uh, think of basically the idea that um memory serves as a resource mm. for um seeking justice i think starting with like you said uh god telling the israelites don't forget that you were once a sojourner. Is, is God saying your your memory and your social collective memory, not just as an individual, should serve as a as an impetus for the sort of the sort of uh, positions you take, the sort of the, the approach you you take towards these people? And I think, therefore, uh, to to apply it to to nations, there's almost a sense in which the minister of the Home Office minister should be able to say to the UK, are collective memory reminds us of what we have gone through as a people and mm. therefore that should serve as an impetus to be as gracious to those who are coming to us as we were showing grace and i think that is a, a righteous thing for a nation to do um the other point i would think i want to add on that is in thinking about different virtues that that should be elicited one would be solidarity mm. i think is a is a very especially in this global era i don't think we can backtrack on globalization especially with with just how more connected we are being i couldn't see i could i can't see the world meaningfully backtracking on um, a more global or a smaller uh, earth um, and therefore we should we should view solidarity a principle i think that is is going to is seen throughout the bible but a view that says we are going to work with other nations so that we can best support our people so that's going to look like 
the UK approaching um, another country saying, how can we help you? You know, doing like, like, like Mary mentioned, the due diligence and the research and forming alliances with other nations so that both benefit well for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that method also helps to, to fight against any sort of like a blind ignorance of jumping in and saying, I want to be the hero, lunging, not really knowing what to do, not really knowing what the people need, mm. and then causing more havoc, which has in some instances occurred in, in other countries. That is true. Um, Good point, Izzy. <laughs> Good point. Talking about um, ministers, this week, uh, Theresa May appointed a minister for loneliness, uh, mm. Tracy, Tracy Couch. Um, oh. <laughs> Um, that was I so cannot. dry. My guy said cannot. <laughs> so there's a minister for loneliness. Um, she's taken over Joe Cox, the late Joe Cox, who was an MP yeah. as well. Um, what do you guys think? You know, high level points of having a minister for loneliness. You know, I, I when I when I heard about it, I was like, I, I thought, you know, it it was done primarily in in, in memory of Joe Cox and the commission she had begun on yeah. challenging. Uh, loneliness and I thought that's that was a good step in terms of not only remembering Joe Cox but taking her initiative that one step forward yeah. but I, I marveled a bit more once I realised this is the only parliamentary minister for loneliness in the world like as in this is the <laughs> this is the first one of its t- of its kind and to have a, a separate budget for the individual issue of loneliness I was like and it made me re- realise and think about I think history is going to show this as a bigger move than we probably realize now um and 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 it just, and it therefore made me think more about the issue of loneliness as a whole but i want to stop there and let you guys say before i continue <laughs> well i guess it's good like i mean what you can't say it's bad isn't it yeah i yeah, guess it's yeah. uh it's a proactive move to try and correct the issue of you know um loneliness especially within i guess the older generation mm. um and the younger which is not as maybe as publicized, <clears throat> but equally as harmful. To them. Mm. But also, I think it's, it just, yeah, I guess it reflects our society. Yeah. I was, you know, I asked you, man, earlier, you know, why don't we have one in Nigeria, learn, uh, you know, Minister for Loneliness? He'll just you know, take all the money, I guess. But besides. Respect. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you doing Trump now? Sorry, man. <laughs> but I, could, I thought I'm allowed because I'm not. No, okay. okay. Then. <laughs> um, but to be honest, thinking about it now, our, the culture in other countries, not just Africa, but I think, mm. you know, similar sort of nations. Um, I think we, as families get, family members get older, they're not usually left by themselves. Nah. You see, I think they're, you know, it's an observation that like maybe that's why it's so significant in Britain. But I think maybe it's a Britain, I think it's very, it's very British. Maybe old people, are, you know, maybe there's not an emphasis on looking after the old folk amongst mm. families in Britain mm. that they want their own. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, besides that, maybe it's just a, I don't know, that's a mute point maybe. But anyway, I think it's a good idea, you know. Mm. You're, you're helping out those who indeed are lonely and, you know, read some stats weirdly that, well, I thought that were quite weird in terms of it being as harmful as smoking how many cigarettes? 15 cigarettes yeah. a day. Loneliness um, can be as, as, as dangerous. I don't know what metric they're using, but that's incredible. It was a 2017 accurate. report. That's, you know, mm. I, I know loneliness. You know, that's, that's yeah. crazy for me. You know, right. that's, 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 that's facts. That's crazy. So it's good that government's put money aside for mm. this. And, you know, thank God it is, a, it is a sort of show of compassion, you know, amongst all the Brexit and the high level stuff, the hard sort of politics, there is, you know, moves being made for this sort of 
under the under the radar things that actually affect human beings um, more directly than maybe the more the hard level politics. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, and it was mentioned it yeah. wasn't just for um tackling of course we know old people do struggle with loneliness, but there's actually mm. a, a growing concern amongst young people. Wow. Um yeah. so do you think our our culture has a friendship problem? Yes. Mm. Without a doubt. Really? And I and I and I definitely think um <coughs> I've been seeing this more very recently that mm, our, our, <laughs> our technological development has when it when it started in terms of that sharp growth in technology mm-hmm. we never really thought it was a philosophical issue um or sociology we just thought oh you know technology is making things more effective more productive that's can that can only be good we don't really need to think about the morality of it the implications for social interactions and the rest of that but now we are seeing that with the old with the elderly, it began by realizing that modern medicine, with all its benefits, has isolated illness from the normal community in which someone would have grown. So, you have, you know, in very, I'm okay. Let me. I'm, my parents are from Nigeria, okay. and I think about their village, <laughs> and I think they're from like the outskirts of Ibadan. Bang, and I think bang, <laughs> we wasn't asking for specifics. And, and I think, <laughs> and I, and I, and I think of the fact that when you were when you were elderly in that community you were supported by the entire community. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was just a given. There was no there was no second thought. It wasn't like, oh, now you've reached 80, it's time for you to go, granddad. Like, it was just, you, you stay there, we mm-hmm. support you until the end. But now modern medicine has said, you know, we can support you better if we isolate you in this particular care home where you get specialist care. And initially, I, th- I think there was no ill intention in terms of people saying, of course, that makes sense because you get better care, you get better treatment and the rest of that. But the side effect of it is that we haven't thought through what it looks like to then isolate a group of people who are all old into a, a particular area of society and the rest of us just to continue with our lives. Mm-hmm. That was the first one with the elderly. But now we're seeing it with the young where it's like, again, we're doing this whole um, fra- fracturing social communities where social media means that we don't really have to have that physical intimate community as we once did mm-hmm. we can isolate ourselves literally in our home and go weeks on end talking to people but never properly interacting so um socially and that is also having its effect on loneliness um so i think it's cr- it has like like the question you asked it, it has created a friendship problem where we, we don't really know how to interact across generations across people groups um because of the advancements and, and developments that have occurred. And it, it factors in terms of how the choice which we, we make in terms of having friends. So like, for example, as mm. you said, with social media, I could switch my phone for a yeah. day. I don't get to talk to anyone or someone could message me on WhatsApp and I just don't reply. Like yeah. they, whereas if I'm talking to you face to face, I can't just ignore you. <laughs> yeah. And even the way we view friendships, like I feel like our view of friendships is changing. You have the mm. whole, this person wasn't good to me, so I cut them off. So like yeah. if, if, if you, and, and then you have this whole idea of just being very transactional. So if you have, mm. you, have you know, hang around with friends who are smarter than you, who are more mm. successful than you. So if you have a friend who, isn't or who's immature or too demanding then you yeah. say okay we cut them off yeah. and yeah. so that whole that, idea of yes. if your friend brings no benefit to you cut mm-hmm. them off and it's yeah. like mm-hmm. rah yeah. mm-hmm. i hear it like you know oh you know friends that challenge you and you know sometimes you bring your eyes right and iron, that sort of verse but it's not really what he's saying it's not saying you should now sort of pick your yeah, iron it's, not, it's, not a, it's, not <laughs> it's true you know pick it's, your iron yeah, yeah it's not a means for social mobility you, you know, oh, yeah. yeah to try and get up yeah. to social yeah. and let's get friends who are sort of higher than me in terms of career mm. and, um, mm. and um, income and no um that's very self-serving yes that's, 
very self-serving yes. so self-serving yes. and Christ didn't treat us that way like yeah, Christ's honestly, disciples honestly in, if, in, if, in if, our generation he would have cut them all off if yes. Christ could live listen because he would have been more effective there's been many <laughs> oh times man. where you thought Christ why, why are you with these men because yeah. they, they, they were yeah. either they didn't understand what he was saying mm. they lacked in faith they didn't really believe uh, and this is God man in the presence of yeah. you know and yeah. even then Christ is yeah even in Christ, knowing their ignorance, his love superseded them mm. and always gave time for them. Mm. Um, but back to your social media, that social media one is a very, I mean, it's so sad. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've got two younger siblings and it's just real hard work to just remind them that this is not your life. Mm-hmm. And um, people, um, you know, you speak to, um, uh, uh, um, you know, WhatsApp online, you, you, it's not really the full person. Always remember, that's not a full person. And usually people put on a facade and they don't put in true selves. Um, because that then makes them feel they're not really as they should be and they now try to be fake and put on a facade uh, and so you have a very fake friendship mm. of people who are not really being themselves if they were themselves they wouldn't really be friends yeah mm. it's so different so it's just it's so it's so it's really really hard mm. in this society to work around the um uh, social network um yeah thing so it, sorry what you can say as well? yeah I was, I was i was saying that to to add on what both of you said it's it feeds the the vice of pride and self-interest yeah um like i i I've, i mean i found it really strange when that whole th- um mantra of you know um pick only those friends who are going to grow you and develop you became a thing because i instantly thought well that person who's growing you are you growing them because they're going to think the same thing <laughs> oh i'm only adding to this person i should cut them off <laughs> yeah and and it's this it's like this endless cycle where the person at the <laughs> better is looking up and saying but you know, I've, i want someone but and it all it all it's saying is look at yourself everything in your life must be centered on you your friendships have to be centered on you and therefore your, your, your marriage is going to be centered on you if you, if you if you get married your your um workplace is going to be centered on you what in life le- is left that isn't centered <laughs> on you then yeah. and there's no way no way that's going to end well yeah if you've built everything in your life to just serve your interest that is true yeah i think if you're really to really examine you know the friendships that people we had you know it'll be very revealing mm. what's my motive for this friendship um what can you know i guess just you could ask yourself in, in in way of examining your motive for a particular friendship in asking yourself um you know i guess an extreme question but it's you know it's the greatest stuff you can have for your friendship you know would i die for this person mm. would i give my all to them if they required it, if they needed it yeah uh, would i even give them money do you know what i mean would i give them would I give them my time and quality time um, if they required it? And if you're hesitating, what is you know you have to question, you know what is it I have then? Is it is it something that's based on something false or fake? Because mm. um, it's rather that you, you examine friendships than you just you know maintain what you have um, and never have anything really fulfilling and you don't really intru- um, enjoy the gift of friendship that God has given us on this earth to enjoy. Mm. Um, I love, you know, my best, best example, um, apart from Christ and obviously disciples, or Christ's form of friendship, was probably David and Jonathan. Mm. Um, and I was trying to make it all perverse and that. Yeah. Was, Tripping. And they're trying, it's just, just mm. nonsense because it's inconsistent with the Bible, the teaching of the scriptures. Mm. But that was friendship. D- David and Jonathan, I mean, you're wondering who gave more. Yeah. They almost competed to give more. <laughs> Jonathan was ready to forsake his family and his father yeah. was the king yeah. David. Yeah. he was ready to give his life for Jonathan yeah and so you see deliberate friendship in action in, in that example and 
I'm, I'm, you know, think now, think who can I do that for, you know? And yeah. I guess that's when it comes a bit challenging as to, mm. you know, am I enjoying true friendship? Because it even comes back to the whole idea of loneliness and the fact that we were made for community. So yeah. we are, as as human beings, need friends. We need yeah. people around us, yeah. and and so that's the that shows really the importance of having good friendships and and working on your friendships. And then you think of the Christian view of friendship, how mm. you know the scriptures does speak continuously about friends you could talk about um what's the um bad char- bad character corrupts good morals yeah. um you know finding safety in counsel finding safety yeah, in friendship yeah, yeah, and yeah. so forth so like in your in your like day-to-day what is like your christian view of friendships like how do you approach it how mm. do you view your friendships um the first thing i'll say is to to build on what on what edgem said with regards to David and Jonathan, I think they serve as a very good model mm. of what true Especially for like. men, sorry yeah. to cut in, but yeah. I feel like yeah. I, there's always this whole idea of guys struggle to talk to each other, they struggle mm. to open up to each it's other, they struggle to be vulnerable, yeah. they struggle to be blah, blah, blah. And then you see someone like David and Jonathan, I remember when David says something like he loved Jonathan as his own soul. As his own soul. Mm. And you have that that love, that deep love. Um, sorry, Israel, continue. No, no, no. <laughs> as, yeah, no, definitely. And it's, 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 and it's, it reveals the, the, sort of oh, what's the word the deficit i keep on using mm. that word is because of george osborne after hearing him say deficit for how many years <laughs> now it's under anyway so yeah the, uh. <laughs> the deficit of a of true of, of, a, of a full understanding of friendship in this world that we look at a friendship like david and jonathan and we say well it's not a family relationship therefore it must be romantic because there can't be anything in between yep. And and it literally, I think we live in a society that views it as binary. It's either you're you're in a family thing or you have a romantic relationship. If if you see instances of deep intimacy like this, yeah. it has to be one or the other. Yeah. Your brother and sister, or you're married or you're dating or whatever. It can't be just you We're know friends. Yeah, because we don't have this deep, rich view of friendship as intimacy. Um so that'd be one of the first things I'll say about what is this is building a, a theology of friendship is is saying that Friendship is intimacy and deep intimacy, being able to quite literally share your heart with another person. Because I think it, it was in the, with, regard, with regards to David and Jonathan, I believe the passage even said at some point that they their hearts were intertwined. Yeah, the soul yeah. of Jonathan was yeah. knit to the soul of yeah. David. And, and, and I think that is right of friendship. I was thinking about this in relation to Genesis and, and Adam and Eve. And it reminded me, well, I thought of a uh, the fact that when when God said that it's not good for man to be alone, his solution was not the presence of another person, just in and of itself. Mm. The solution was intimacy, deeply, and 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 that was expressed in its ultimate form in terms of marriage. But the intimacy was what God was 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 saying you should have, and that is something that every everybody should desire. Um, and the feeling of loneliness comes from a heart that has been given by god that yearns for intimacy we were created for intimacy and so we feel lonely because we don't have intimacy mm. and 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 that should be at the heart of our view of of friendship and i think for many christians um the ultimate of course we know that marriage the mm. level of intimacy you have in your marriage is is going to be great it's going to be very yeah. high yeah. um but people almost feel like if i'm not married then i can't have any level of intimacy and it's mm. like actually god has blessed you with friends god has blessed you with mm-hmm. people that you can speak to day in day out you can f- confess your heart and you can really develop a great bond a, a great relationship with um and i think 
and I think we don't we almost miss out on that when we when we think oh okay marriage is going to give me all of that yeah because god mm. can actually use your friends to build you up to, yep. to shaping you to yeah. to correct you to to rebuke you to 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 encourage you um and, and that's that's what you see and even even christ was able to to benefit from his friends yeah. to benefit from the disciples he had around him even mm. paul in his in his um in his ministry had people around him he had yeah. demas before he went to the world yeah. he had timothy he had yeah. mark you know he had barnum he had all these people yeah. around him and that was again showing the the, mm. the the benefit of friendship what what can you what do you guys see um in terms of how christ dealt with his disciples how christ dealt with people that kind of influences your view of friendship well, I guess the cli- I want lessons. I guess the climactic, <laughs> the most climactic thing to say is that he died for his friends. Ultimately. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can't go. Yeah. They can't go any further than mm. that. He died for them, not just you know, for sake of dying, but to save them. Mm. Um, and that's in you know the grand sense, and obviously applies to us. But even day to day, Christ was very patient. Mm-hmm. You know, he prayed for his friends, prayed mm. for disciples. Um, Peter, you know, <laughs> you, you know did. You know, Peter didn't even know who's been used yeah. uh, to to discourage Christ. Yeah. But he, you know, and even Christ still doesn't send him away or rebuke him, but he yet still cares for him. Mm. Uh, and even upon that, Peter denies him. Christ still receives him. Yeah. And, it's, and Peter finds repentance. Um, and even day to day, Christ provides. Christ feeds them. Mm. You know, um, Christ. Uh, he he. I guess it's we maybe it's, th- it's overlooked, but he's he's a he's, he's a pastor for them. He. he they're having daily pastoral care hmm. from Christ continuously for those three years or, or however long he was with them. Um, and I guess when you just remember that Christ was God yeah. and these were mere men and Christ created these men and Christ existed before these men existed. Yeah. But yet Christ was so patient with these men who were, who made mistakes mm. and continue to make mistakes mm. even upon him um, um, ascending. I mean, you have to marvel at the level of friendship Christ mm. provided, um, even upon the cross, woman, behold your son. Even mm. at the point of death, he's still concerned for the care of his yeah. friends. I mean, this is a savior. So, yeah, I mean, there's no high, there's no higher form of friendship. You, uh, an example you, you can have than of than from Christ. Um, and I think of all the instances, especially in Matthew, where Christ, like you mentioned, was patient especially be showing patience in spite of um, the disciples' lack of trust in him. Mm. So, you know, he will continually use that phrase, oh, you of little faith, why don't yeah. you trust me? I've proven to you time and time again. There's even one instance, I think, I think in Matthew 18, where uh, the disciples are worried because they're like, oh, we haven't got our bread. How are we going to eat as they go on their journey? And Christ is like, I fed the 4,000. Did you forget that? I fed the 5,000. Did you forget that? Why don't you trust me? I don't still provide for them. Mm. And you think... yeah. That 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 is a picture of what true friendship looks like in the face of that very person doubting you, being able to still care for them and still provide for them, and still look after them, even though they don't believe you have their interest at heart, in spite of all the instances you've, you've proven um, that you do. I think also in, of Proverbs, when I think of, of friendships, I think the Proverbs have so much yeah. to yeah. say about friendship. Um, you have like Proverbs seventeen seventeen. It <coughs> says a friend loves at all times, and a brother's born for adversity. And it's I'm not saying looking for that scripture. <laughs> oh my day! And it's not saying that at every single literal moment, every single second, that you should now you know put a time on your phone and say, "Hey friend, I'm gonna time you. Are you loving me?" It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not doing that. But it's saying in all seasons, in all 
instances in your highs and your lows i'm going to be there to care for you uh you think of the honesty that is required of friendship in terms of being able to rebuke mm. and not just saying oh we're gonna hide things on the carpet so proverbs 27 5 open rebuke is better than secret love and yeah. faithful are the wounds of a friend yes that's mm. what I'm that's doing. yeah literally like the wounds of a friend you're wondering why why is a friend delivering wounds but then mm, you understand mm, that, i guess it's mm. worse isn't it worse for a kiss from an enemy that, and that's the that's the that's, that's the, the, context. the contrast the contrast is here's a, you're being wounded by a friend being who's being faithful yeah. to you or do you want the kisses of an enemy Sick that are deceitful yeah. ultimately the wound may hurt in the moment but the wound is there to grow you yeah and and, and for me i just think of the of um as in physically when you pour alcohol on your wound you feel that burn that initial burn but the purpose what alcohol, what alcohol are you pouring in your wound or antiseptic <laughs> and, okay al- okay, as okay. In, the alcohol in your house <laughs> not vodka <laughs> i was thinking but you can by the way it's if you're ever if you are ever in like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks thanks for that yeah you yeah, can i needed that information <laughs> yeah, i needed it i needed that <laughs> if you have vodka in your house that's your business <laughs> anyway um yeah but the wound, even though it's, it hurts in the moment, it's there to grow you and to make you better. Compared to the, the kisses of, of an enemy that appear to be good for you yep, in the moment, yep, yep, but yep, they yep, end yep. your destruction and, the, and and it's there for your destruction. Sycophancy. Yeah. yeah. There's one and, guy I know, this very intelligent um, guy called Patrick Obiagbo. He calls it... Um, Chai. Uh, he calls it... Uh, what's, he, what's he this adjective? It's like uh, gymnosophy, sycophancy. Uh, it's a deep level of sycophancy and people pleasing that people deliver oh. and he, you know that, and that's what the, the sort of case is, is so strange you know it's implementical I cannot <laughs> I cannot no and it, it, it's true what you're saying because because um, I, I, there's this quote I love I think I can't remember it's by I think it's Anthony Carter but he talks about mm. Christ will hold us fast but we need gospel friends to hold us close like yeah. I love that mm. quote because it just speaks about of course Christ will hold us to the end the Christ will keep us to the end but Christ does use the means of friends yeah. to, to to strengthen us when we're weak to rebuke us when we're when we're um, going astray to um, comfort us when we're, when we're when we're going through dark days to remind us of the gospel and and, and you do see the, the blessing of a friendship um, mm. and, I, and I think even for me I think of um, just the providence so the fact that if you're in a local church and you have someone that lives five minutes away from you yeah. it's not by mistake you know yeah. God may have put you in yeah. that person's life for you to be a, a friend to them or you're always sitting next to someone in your church mm. that that God has put that person in your life to be your friend so like just seeing the, the things that God brings in your life friends struggling friends demanding friends mm. annoying friends like mm. all of these difficult um, friendships you may have but god is able to use those things to build yeah. you up to show yeah. maybe your ungraciousness how selfish you can be mm. how self-centered you can be mm. and then god is able to use that to show you that and then to point you to the lord jesus christ um i mean it's also worth noting or adding and i guess reminding the sense that being a good friend takes it, it takes such effort it's not easy man it's not mm. self-serving it's, it's giving and it's selflessness but i think one way i i encourage i to find encouragement is when when I feel myself being selfish, when someone, when I know someone, you know, would would want my help, yeah, and I'm to give my help in a situation yeah. and support, um, but I feel that person even offended me or don't really treat mm. me well recently, but I'm a friend to them. Well, I mean, sort of Christ is a you know a, a great way of reminding me through the Spirit and mm. His Word how often I am not a great friend to Him, mm. yet He is constantly, as it were, on tap in quotes providing his grace for me yeah. Yeah. even when yeah. i'm well when am i perfect towards him but even when i am particularly um not right before him mm. and you know um clearly in sin and clearly you know yeah, um 
not in the word or not in prayer. But yet when I call on him, as the psalm says, you know, he answers and his ears always inclined to my prayer. Um, so that reminds me, that's an example of how God is constantly referred to me. Yeah. Who, who am I to neglect the duty to someone else mm. when I have done worse and still yet mm. receive such mm. good? So mm. that encourages me greatly. And it's going to be hard, I think, in this culture um, because I'm thinking of um, James Smith's idea of cultural liturgy. Who's James Smith? James <laughs> James Smith is a professor of philosophy at Calvin College in Calvin. Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and he has written a lot about the fact that you can almost view society and our broad culture through theological lenses of liturgies that and to clarify a liturgy is like an order of service in the church that every sunday you go through the same thing so if you grew up in the church you, you know you you had your songs your hymns or your um worship songs that you sang every sunday you had a bible reading someone preached a sermon mm. um you had offering someone did announcements and you did this every sunday week in week out week in week out for you know if you were born in church for like 25 years or however long right and he's saying that that kind of order occurs in the culture as well that you go you go through repetitive actions that teach you to love something um and he was and, and, and i just think of the fact that in our culture we have all these liturgies where we are told um through repeated you know public perception those who are praised those who are shunned upon we are repeatedly told to love self-interest to sacrifice others for our sake and the bible is going to put in this put us in this hard situation where we're going to struggle mm. with exercising full friendship to the nth degree because the moment we step outside we'll be told why would you do that yeah why would you stay with this struggling friend why like, just cut them off like this is not productive this is not helpful you're you're Leave them so much time. you're hindering mm. your your career development like all these and and, they, and through many means you're going to be told that you shouldn't do this and you're going to have to constantly engage in a scriptural liturgy where you go back to the bible and you remind yourself of the grace of god and you look back to christ and you you counteract that cultural pressure by never forgetting i guess going back to what we said about mm. about um memory never yeah. forgetting what christ does has yeah. done for you and what he continues to do for you and and you know through the power of the spirit holding that as your driving force um for your friendships so if a friendship has gone sour or if there's like beef in your friendship <coughs> how would you how would you go about restoring I, I, I that know friendship? Not what you speak of this beef <laughs> <laughs> a friendship has gone sour how would you consider restoring that friendship like how would you go about it wow reconciliation being ministers of reconciliation, reconciliation. Um, Corinthians five. I, I think of you answered the question well, Mary you know, you know? <laughs> she just in case you guys this is struggle here's a, here's a hint hint clue, clue but I think the idea of honesty and being open with each other like we mentioned the proverbs that talk about honest rebuke and being able to take the wounds of a friend like if there's actually a real issue being honest to, to talk about it and actually hash it out it's not easy is it, and man, it's it's actually. not but it's your boy you man are chilling you're thinking let me let this slide let me just let i mean it depends let i mean just let there are things right there are things that there are issues that happen that you know will pass with time awkwardness so no no but you though i think there are degrees of issues you might have a, a disagreement over i don't know the favorite I'm trying to think of the most trivial thing. I don't football, know. Football team. Or football. Something. Yeah, and we maybe, should, should we, and maybe in a one instance you actually had a, a, a clash that kind of got heated. Yeah. But I think the 
at the okay. deepest parts of your mind, you know, what? this is not, this is, okay. I thought a kind of way in this moment, but we both know that we're not really going to end our friendship because of a football team. Okay. But then I think there are, and I, and I think this is what you're hinting to, other issues where it's like, this is a, a lot more serious than right. the fact that we don't support the same team. Mm. Um, and it's so serious that it might actually cause a severance of friendship. Um, and I would say, because it's so serious, it needs to be hashed out. And, that's, and I think that's, that's why I mentioned the football one, because the, because the football one is not so serious, you can afford to, quote, afford to just leave it mm-hmm. and let time do its thing. But right. because this one is so serious, you really can't afford to approach it the same way you approach the football one. And so the first thing I would say is a willingness to just confront the issue. What makes the issue serious? What makes the issue <laughs> say to you, you know what? In I my th- mind, I've got we got to discuss this. We got to. I think it. I think for me, it, it's when it begins to. So, for example, you've yes, you've hashed out something on Thursday, mm. and then you something comes up again on Sunday, and then that person refers to something that happened on Thursday, mm. and then that continues mm. building okay. up, mm. and you have another discussion three months mm. later. And someone's like, "Oh man, you always do that," da, 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 and then they mention mm. something that happened. And you're like, oh, we need to talk about this <laughs> well, actually, because okay. now it's beginning yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to, to yeah, build up. it's kind of to yeah. build up, and then now, yeah. and then, and I've even spoken to people, and I'm like, oh, like, why did you even like stop talking? And they're like, oh, they did this, and you're like, that was nothing. But yeah. then they're like, and then they tell me everything else. I'm like, okay, I get how it could have. Mm. But then I think I love this quote that I found, um, and it said, if you want to love. If you want to resolve conflicts with the ones you love, be willing to be ready to be wrong and forgive. And I just mm. think you just need, like yeah. if both parties are willing to love and forgive, love and forgive, love and forgive. Mm. And of course, it's not easy because there's times when someone could say, "Okay, I've always forgiven this person, but yeah. they constantly this keep doing it. it to me. They constantly keep doing it to me. Like, at what? Like, am I just gonna die? And they're just not gonna yeah. like learn what they've done." Um, but I think each party should be willing hmm. to forbear. Hmm. Each party should be willing to forgive. And then, then you have to talk about it. You have to just be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tough, man. It is. And I'm just because I know, you know, especially as, again, going back to uh, David and Jonathan being an example. Yeah. Or even just for men, how to be friends. Um, opening up is not, it's not easy mm. and it's almost mm. a sign of weakness when you're like guy you know like, this is really like you know disturbing me and like you know what you're what you've been doing yeah. is, an, is an issue um and to be told that you know that big p is it comes out to the forefront yeah pride you know it's like i can tell me what i'm doing is wrong you know right. this is what i've always done or it shouldn't be an issue why is this an issue you're overreacting you're overreacting it's like oh i should, I should, just, brought, I should just left it um i guess it's because you, you may make mistakes in bringing things up, or you may make a misjudgment as to what to bring up, what not to bring up. But I guess as long as it's done in love, I suppose, love and a genuine um, desire for the friendship to be continued and to still glorify God, I guess at mm. least you could start with that basis. Because you'll be overthinking forever if you if you try to decide what to bring up, not to not, what not to bring up, because you will never really know. Um, but I guess as long as Oh, it's not from you know sort of minute things, but as long as what you're bring what you're bringing up isn't out of like getting your own back on someone else, um, and and you know having uh, you, you know you have an uh, opportunity to sit on your high horse <laughs> and deliver out rebuke um, when they might be wrong, but the way you're delivering it is not helpful. As long as it's not like that, I guess the other person can receive it more graciously because they see you're actually making an effort mm. to so correct. It's the manner in which you you go in. You know, it's no, gonna start yeah. shooting. You're just yeah. gonna you're gonna come a bit more. Pew, pew. 
gracious <laughs> and so forth. Um, and I think it, it just it depends on you. Like I think the scripture, as much as it depends on you, mm. seek peace with yeah, all men. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 and yeah, so there's yeah. going to be some things you're just going to have to let go in love. Right. Like you know, it's not every sin you have to address. Yeah. Mm. But of course, if it's continuous sin, you might say, okay, you've done this multiple times. Mm. But you just have to be willing to to forgive and love. Yeah. Um, what I'm thinking, what about in context where the person's toxic? What does that mean? <laughs> toxic. Where's so let's say, let's say you have a friendship now and the person is just, I don't know, they, maybe the way they influence you or the way they speak to you or maybe they're not a Christian or maybe they're just, every time you're around them, you just feel their influence of, right, of worldliness right, right, or I'm even going deep. Let's say they're just, you just feel like they're always discouraging you. They're always criticizing you. They're just, they're just not a positive. Because I'm thinking of hmm. when I speak to friends and they're like, yeah, this is why I cut them off. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, they were toxic. Da, 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 da. Mm. I'm like, is there credence in that? Is is uh, is that allowable under certain? You think is real? So if I'm <laughs> constantly up discouraging you on your back, on your back, is or this that is or this that? Uh, that's. Mm. <coughs> I would I would say I would say maybe maybe to start with what we discussed earlier in addressing it this perception because I think it's also two there are two things that that need to be sorted out in in our minds if we were in this issue first of all is it is it just that is it that they are not being negative but i'm just being blind so for example <laughs> no 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 no. that's no it's true the criticism is, is valid yeah <laughs> yeah and I'm so like, whoa what's he saying and no, no, like they they you you're viewing it as they keep on criticizing me they keep on putting me down they won't let me pursue my dreams i don't know about this yeah, is very yeah, abstract yeah. but first thing is the 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 Christian impulse of humility says, okay, is there any credence okay. to what they're saying? Introspection. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me right. think before first. before I approach them, let me approach myself. Right, mm-hmm. right. Am I being to something? Something is, is the reason that they keep on mentioning uh, my whatever because it's legitimate, and I'm being honest to to say to actually say the to actually have that statement in your mind that says they may be right. Right, and just right, and just right. let that linger. Not that they are. I'm not. I'm not. So I'm not saying if anyone's being negative to you, they are right. Just suck it up. But to be able to say that there is a possibility they may be because I don't know everything. I'm not perfect. I'm not all seeing or morally upright. For me to say that, I would never be the one in the wrong. But if you are convinced, generally, generally, generally convinced, this is just negativity. This is not about my sin or nothing. This mm. is like they are trying to put me down and throw me under the bus. Um, confront them about it. Uh, like you said, Mary seek peace at all times but that isn't seek peace at all costs mm. Edwin, can we click Edwin, can we click Bruh. can we click what do you, no 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 you gotta have to <laughs> i'm literally thinking of scriptures what do you mean seek peace Mm. Seek peace, seek peace at all times. You don't understand. Not, I, said, I said, can we click? I said, oh, can, can we? we? I click? thought you said, you know what? I was, I was speaking. I was saying. <laughs> no, I'm still thinking. At all costs. Seek peace. At right. all, so when I, what I mean at all costs. Seek peace this. at all times. But you're saying not seek peace at all costs. I, I'm saying that I, I don't. The passage isn't saying seek peace. Peace to be so. You're, you're meant to seek all the peace. time. You're, so yeah. So, so reverse you're, click. The impulse is oh, I to get what seek you mean. peace. You're saying so. If let's say it's a truth matter. Yeah. So so am I am I going to Am I going to say, you know what? I don't believe that their criticism is right of me. I'm quite honestly becoming discouraged at the constant criticism of me. Um, it's damaging my mental well And you're saying, boom, okay, forget it. That's I'm, it. And, I'm saying, and I'm saying, no, no. I'm, what, what I am saying is that I don't think it's illegitimate. Wow. I don't think it's illegitimate for someone to come to the point where they say, after deep reflection, counsel. Sounds like a letter. 
After deep reflection. You guys are such. After consideration. Yeah, and and seeking counsel and praying and you know even hashing out with you and the person saying, at this point, I'm genuinely not convinced that this is benefiting either of us because i think so you're cutting them off you know no, maybe, not, maybe not cutting Israel, them off but i think i think, I think be, <sighs> it's just got a point because he's it's got a, i'm not i'm not saying i'm there but what i can hear that is that is that is sounds okay to me is there's definitely a duty on both parties to yeah uh, um, you know as the rest of the philippians to esteem uh one other higher than yourself right. mm-hmm. so if that person is continually putting you down and their words mm. aren't encouraging or, or building as we're, we're told they sh- as we're instructed mm. that our words should be in scripture our words should be building and she you should build the spirit of one another yeah you, should, you know life from power and, and life from life and death in the power of the tongue um in james i believe um uh you know if it's constantly that it's it's the it's the and, and in terms of that you know we're talking about building one another up and not sort of killing one spirit continually mm. if they're doing that all the time and they're not listening hmm and you've gone back and not listening. We're told to forgive though, Israel, 70 times 7, right? So you could, but I think you can forgive them and fulfill that part of scripture. And still live peaceably with them, but just not have, but not have a close friendship. Because I think you have to also be, you know, I'm not saying, you know, be, protect yourself. Well, I am in a sense, but I'm not sort of saying it as a self-serving way. But I'm saying also know when um, that person perhaps is being more negative to you than positive. And if that's the case, you're not growing or learning from this friendship. Um, and you can obviously, of course, be a support for them and a, and a guide to them and a friend to them. Um, but maybe not in the same proximity as you hope to, to hope for it to be because mm. it's not progressive and it's actually quite destructive for both people. Is it akin to someone deciding not to be like best friends with an unbeliever because of similar maybe just the, the influence the discouragement the temptation and so forth it's is possible. that is that what you're trying to say it's po- i mean i i, I think I, I was i was thinking of several um sort of points that we would use for marriage and seeing if we could sort of extrapolate some of it into friendship and we think of you know i, I know we would say for example if you're in an abusive relationship you might seek distance for example and that would be legitimate and i almost want to say surely there's a degree to which that would apply to friendship as well where you experiencing some sort of like distress and in spite of you know counseling and seeking um reconciliation it's not working out i don't i don't i i think it would be okay again it's not desired but it it's it's sort of like the repercussions of just the fall and and the inability to especially if it's re- um, repetitive sin yeah you have to start praying for now you've oppressed. said sin no i think look because we're, we're saying that they, they they so what are they doing they're just annoying you like because it's, it's they're using right? if, very if like trite examples but I, they, let's say someone's annoying you or someone's I, discouraging I, I you well, i guess, guess personality is not always they're always fit someone's you, constantly pr- criticizing you me, putting you down uh, okay maybe not sin then but i was i mean i i would my understanding encompassed sin but was not limited to sin okay. because i think it's possible to have a genuine disagreement that is yeah. fundamental um without sin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think i mean i'm obvious get on i'm so Mary's a, you know, I'm i was thinking Mary's. of like a legitimate thing could be and you might say okay isn't this isn't sin here but i, I think 
politics could be a legitimate thing. So no 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 okay oh I think you mean extreme no, 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 no. What I mean is I'm not talking about oh your labor, your conservatives, you can't be oh, friends. You mean I'm policies. talking about so for, yeah, so policy. So if somebody legitimately thinks, right, within their and this we're dealing with both Christians here, just to simplify things, we one person legitimately thinks that the UK has a, a moral obligation to support the uh immigrants coming in. Another person says that the UK has a moral obligation to protect itself and this is a dangerous time they can be friends cool down i'm saying i am saying now you're saying they can't be like no no i'm saying if 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 one person now said i'm going to distance myself from you as a third party watching oh no 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 no, no, no. as a third party watching i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't say that somebody's insane come on israel as a third party watching israel come on (laughs) not as me in the in, in the situation okay so as 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 a bystander observing would you say sin hasn't been involved? No. Of course it hasn't. That's, so that's, so here's, I, I won't that's say it's not desired. I'm not saying it's desired and it should be uh, the position that we seek. I'm simply saying that I wouldn't look at it. Look at that situation. And then saying conclude, you might not be you might not be close friends. Yeah, so but like it's not saying you're not gonna be friends. No, no, no. So remember <laughs> when I mentioned the marriage example, distance. I'm so I'm not saying in terms of like severance of your original point was better when you were saying uh <laughs> always <laughs> i can't float this one when you're when you were saying the introspection i think that's because yeah that's, that's oh, the okay, first okay, point okay, of has, cool. okay, has, because if people are you know someone's has, annoying you know you know you know i'm saying so come on here's concluding the question, points, here's concluding i think here's the question is there ever a time where it is right or okay, acceptable let's use the word acceptable i mean let me not put some moral impetus on this is acceptable it, is, it, is still moral it's actually more acceptable to what standard acceptable mm. in society is it, as in we wouldn't say it's sin but we wouldn't say it's uh we wouldn't say it's sin but we wouldn't say it unwise and unwise we wouldn't say Why, it's, it's, it's righteous why is it unwise maybe somewhere i don't know anyway let me just <laughs> let me just put a question your point Israel. yes <laughs> is it ever acceptable for someone to say, I'm going to distance myself from who from this person who was once previously my friend. I want to say that that it is acceptable because I find a hard time saying the inverse, that it is never acceptable. I, I, I don't think I'm at the point where I could say it is a sin to distance yourself from someone who was ever who was once your friend. It has to be for specific. So that's reasons. the issue. So, so the issue then is okay, but what what conditions well, are acceptable and, and stuff like that. So and and that and I think that's where we were sort of hashing out. Okay, what are the acceptable yeah, yeah, yeah. conditions or the situations? And I think that's going to take a long time to even hash out. And I think when you distance yourself, I think you still have a duty, especially as a believers, to pray for them. Hundred yeah. percent. So yeah. pray for all even, men. You might. So it's not a case of I sever and cut all ties. You don't cut the tie of your fellowship, of course. So you still pray for them and mm. encourage them mm. we might not be as close to you as, uh, to yeah. them as you were before maybe my example of politics wasn't the best uh, well, I'm but not saying hey I, it, was, it, was, it was just you know it yeah. came to my mind we were talking about it before so hey I think prayer is a good one because you I genuinely believe that you cannot dislike someone you constantly pray, pray for, for. Mm. your heart will just grow some sort of love for them yeah. um, so if your relationship is sour with a friend pray for them yeah. and yeah pray for them uh, yeah time's up so <laughs> already rough. thanks Ed Jim for joining us this is yeah, yeah, really so good. who do I give my expense travel expenses for Mary uh, blackberry at gmail.com yeah, we'll get back to I'm you on that one days, I need money ASAP. this couple um, seven to ten days business 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 day. working okay, days <laughs> um, but yeah thank you so much for listening give us your thoughts uh, hashtag blackberry podcast hashtag lashback as well mm. um, <laughs> I'm Mary I'm Ed Jim 
And I'm Israel. This is Black Maria. Take care. Leave me alone. You know what my problem was? <laughs> <laughs>